0: Friends, I hope you recognize that theme song. If you do, you know what time it is. It's time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF. We're so happy that you've joined us today as part of the listening family. Uh, Not only in Madison and North Florida, where this is occurring right now live, uh, on, on your radio station, WMAF, but anywhere in the world. That anyone is connected to the World Wide Web, the United States, and all the nations of the world have the potential and possibility of hearing the very programming that you are hearing in Madison and North Florida today. So we are. Very, very glad that you are with us today and we pray that you will be blessed as we enter into this teaching today. This time that we spend together that God will appoint and anoint for his purpose in our life. You know the Bible said of God's own word before we begin our teaching today. That his word is like the snow and rain that comes down out of heaven and waters the earth and causes it to bring forth and, but this is cause and effect, hallelujah, Amen, He said, "So shall it be with my word. It will accomplish that that I dis- have purposed, and it will prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Praise God, well, we claim the scripture out of Psalm one hundred and seven. And verse 20, when we went on the air several years ago here on WMAF, and it simply said he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, friend of mine, you are the object of God's great love and purpose today. If you're lost, He wants to save you. If you're bound, He wants to set you free. If you are troubled in spirit, He wants to give you peace. If you're confused, He wants to give you counsel. Hallelujah. If you're cast down, He wants to lift you up today. If you feel helpless and hopeless, He wants to give you hope today. And that's why that He has sent His Word to you. Praise God. So we're excited about the power and the potential that there is when the Word of God is brought forth and it's finding its mark. It's going where God wants it to go today. So we don't believe in accidents or happenstance. We believe in divine appointments. And we pray that you will stay with us. If you're not a Christian today, we believe that God wants to speak to you distinctly and directly. In fact, you're more important to Him right now as for... as... as as his priorities are then all of us who are safe in his fold and saved. The scripture said he would leave the ninety and nine and go searching for the one sheep that is lost. And if you're that one today, amen, we pray you will stay tuned and let God speak to your heart today. Our message today is the triumph of the cross, the triumph of of the cross. I want to read it again from 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 18. It said, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. The Amplified says it well. The story and message of the cross is sheer absurdity and folly to those who are perishing and on their way to perdition. But unto Unto us who are being saved, it is the manifestation of the power of God. Now, I've read the same scripture we began with last week, but I want to read once again uh, the statement that I made to begin that study as we continue our study this week. The preaching of the cross proclaims Christ's victory in our behalf. It means that the lost can be saved, The prisoner can go free, sin's power can be broken, the grave can be conquered, death has been defeated, and the gates of hell shattered, all because Satan has been defeated at the cross. We talked about last week that Satan's head was crushed at the cross, and Satan's works were defeated at the cross. And today we don't we want to talk about Satan's power of death was broken forever at the cross. You see, when Christ died, Satan's power of death was broken. Hebrews two fourteen and fifteen expresses this in beautiful language. Listen to it carefully today. It said since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Friend of all the fears that grip the hearts of modern men and women, and actually ancient men and women as well, none is greater than the fear of death. We don't like to talk about death. In fact, we'll do anything to change the subject or the focus. That's one reason many turn to alcohol and drugs and and all kinds of of self-indulgent sins and the pursuit of power. It's also the reason why we become fanatics about our health. Down deep in the human heart, there's a fear of death that Satan uses to keep men and women, boys and girls, enslaved. I'm not saying today that the prospect of dying is a happy one. Death is a result of Adam's sin and ours. Death is called the last enemy to be destroyed through Christ's victory at the cross. Satan's power to claim souls through death and to control through fear of death is now broken because of what was accomplished when Jesus died on that cross and when He rose again on the third day. As a Christian, when you take your last breath on earth, you'll take your first breath in heaven. For Christ has destroyed Satan's power to hold sinners prisoners to death. Hallelujah. John Wesley used to say of the early Methodist, our people die well. Dying well seems to be a lost art today, but in the old days, Christians spent much time preparing for their own departure. They understood that the way you die is a final opportunity to give a strong testimony. For the Lord Jesus Christ. I do not mean to say that death is a friend or that death is a natural part of life. Nothing could be further from the truth. Death reigns because of Adam's sin, according to Romans 5, verse 12 through 14. But now, through Jesus Christ, we have His infallible word that whoever lives and believes in me will never die. That's John 11 and verse 26. Like most pastors, I've quoted those verses often during funeral services. I like to do it when the dead person is in the casket right in front of me. After all, that's when the full impact of Christ's words really hit home. Do we believe Jesus or not? John Stott comments that for the Christian... Death has become a trivial episode, a minor inconvenience, and nothing more. If we know Jesus Christ as our Savior, death is like closing our eyes and one moment later opening them in heaven. Unbelievers don't have that privilege, nor do they understand our confidence as we enter death's door. For them, death is the end, or so they think. For us, It is the next step in our eternal life with God. Hallelujah. I like what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 and verse 58. When he said, O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? Death is swallowed up. In victory. Praise God. So he said, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. See, Christ victory over death. Hallelujah. Amen. It doesn't mean the body isn't going to perish. It doesn't mean the spirit is going to have to move out. It means that we will not experience death, that eternal banishment and separation from God and that punishment that is eternal. We will experience life everlasting. Hallelujah. Jesus said the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come to give you life, and I've come to give it to you more abundantly. You see, when that life enters us, it's the same life that was in Jesus when He rose from the dead. Hallelujah. In fact, the Bible said, If if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He shall also quicken your mortal body by the, by the Spirit that indwells you. That's the same, not the similar, but the same Spirit of Him that raised up Christ from the dead. Hallelujah. Praise God. They, they asked John Quincy Adams, He was ailing in his health. His health was failing when he was in his late 80s. And they asked John Quincy Adams, how is it with John Quincy Adams? He looked back and answered. He said, John Quincy Adams is quite well, thank you. The house he is living in is becoming tattered. The, this time and seasons have taken their toll upon it. It's becoming quite dilapidated. I shall have to be moving out soon. But John Quincy Adams is quite well. Thank you. You see what Jesus did at the cross. Conquered, conquered, forever. That fear of and that uncertainty that Satan used to bring so many people into bondage and to torment so many people. Listen, I'm not looking forward to leaving this world until it's time for me to go. But I believe when it's time, and I know it's time, I would be able to say what Paul said in the face uh, of death, knowing what has happened at the cross in my behalf. Hallelujah. And knowing that the enemy of my soul is defeated. Hallelujah. Amen. Paul said the time. Of my departure is at hand and I'm ready to be offered up. I've fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. Hallelujah. I've finished my course. And surely there is a crown laid up for me and not for me only, but all of those that love His appearing. Glory to God. Amen. This is the victory of the cross. What looked like the greatest defeat that could ever be suffered, Jesus, dead, brought down limp and pale, and because He was impaled upon the cross, because He bled out for you, and He bled out for me. But on the third day, On the third day, I like that great message of old that's been preached many times. That was only Friday, but Sundays are coming. Hallelujah. Resurrection is not something we celebrate on an Easter Sunday once a year in the Christian faith. It is something we celebrate all year long. In many different ways, but always the same result. What happened on the cross defeated all of the intentions of the enemy concerning those that would believe on Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior. Hallelujah! Satan's power of death was broken forever at the cross when Jesus died. And when He rose again, that victory was consummated and sealed. Hallelujah! Fourth, when Christ died, demons were disarmed. Colossians 2 and verse 15 declares, having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Isn't it amazing? The triumphant cross, the very emblem of suffering and death that reduced A man hanging on that cross to where the very words of Jesus prophetic back in in Psalm 22, "I'm, I'm a worm and no man. Every man was reduced to nothing more than a suffering, gasping, dying spectacle. But Jesus, when He died, demons were disarmed. Having disarmed powers and authorities, Friend of mine, I want you to know today, Satan and all his minions are no match for any Christian. Hallelujah. I like what one man said. He said, Satan trembles when he sees the weakest Christian on their knees because he knows who we have become in Christ and he knows who Christ is in us and believe me he knows what was accomplished when Jesus died on the cross and rose the third day to disarm someone means to take from them the means by which they might hurt you if a man has a gun pointed at you he's not disarmed until you take the gun away from him as long as he has the gun and sufficient ammunition, you're in big trouble. Friend, when Jesus died on the cross, he took the guns and the ammo out of the hands of the demons. And he publicly humiliated them. Picture the Roman legions returning from a successful war. As they enter the city, vast throngs of women and children line the streets. On and on they march a seemingly endless parade. Then come the victorious generals, each one accompanied by singers, dancers, and musicians. Finally, at the end of the procession, you spot a long line of weary, dirty, emaciated men. Their hands are tied. They shuffle one after another. They are the defeated soldiers now brought back to be displayed as proof of Rome's invincible power. Ah, friend, I want to declare to you today, when Jesus died on the cross, something so magnificent and stupendous happened in the spirit realm. Although it was invisible to the naked eye, it was seen by all the angels and Old Testament saints. They watched as Jesus, like some conquering hero, entered into the infernal regions and disarmed every demon, every minion, and the devil himself. Then he marched them in full view of his heavenly Father so that every created being would know that he had won the victory. This means that although demons have great power, they've been disarmed and cannot harm us unless we rearm them by our sinful compromises or our rebellion though they attack us if we will use the shield of faith, provided every fiery dart will be quenched. Some Christians live in an unnecessary fear of the demonic realm because they've never understood the victory Christ won for them. On the other hand, some believers suffer oppression because they nurse wrong attitudes and dabble with evil. That's like giving the devil a loaded gun and saying, why don't you go ahead and just... Empty it on me. He'll always be glad to oblige you. But, friend, I want to submit to you today by the authority of God's Word and the accomplishment of Christ's death and resurrection, that if you want to live in victory, there's not a devil, there's not a demon, there's not a force of darkness, praise God, that can defeat you. We have access because of the success of Jesus at Calvary. Amen to spiritual armor. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible said in Ephesians 6 and 10, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places and the rulers of the darkness of this world. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. Hallelujah. Let your loins be girt about with truth for a breastplate righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Above all, taking the shield of faith, whereby ye shall be enabled to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one in your feet Shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Glory to God. And the next verse says praying with all prayer. With all manner of prayer and supplication for me and for all saints that utterance may be given unto me. Hallelujah. We have in Ephesians 6, we have the adversary and all of those principalities that he uh, has influence over and has established in the spirit realm. We have the armor of God that, that uh, enables us to overcome him. And we have the arena where the battle is fought, and it's in prayer. Glory be to God, hallelujah. That's why Satan trembles when he sees the weakest Christian on their knees, because all of that power and all of that victory that Christ has provided through the cross and His resurrection, it becomes ours. Hallelujah. Thanks be unto God, which gives us the victory through Jesus Christ, the Scripture declares. I remember the story and i've i 've seen all the books about the demonic world, and some people are more interested and and intrigued by the world of demons and devils than angels and 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 and, and our heavenly resources and fear begins to grip and in, intimidation begins to take hold in many people's lives. I want you to know that every demon is subject to the authority of jesus name every devil has to confess that he is Lord. A legion of devils had to leave a man and bow to Jesus Christ and cry out, "How, why comest thou to persecute us before our time? Listen, there's not a doubting devil in hell in the infernal regions. There's not one devil that doesn't fully understand and comprehend the victory that was won at the cross and the authority that God vested in His Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. There is no disbelieving. Oh, they try to inspire men and women uh, into unbelief and doubt. But believe me, there's no devil that doubts. They know exactly who Jesus is. They know exactly what he accomplished, and they know their destiny. Oh, hallelujah. Today we need to clearly understand, if you want victory, if you desire to overcome, if you desire to go free, there's no devil that can hold you back, because the victory has been won in our behalf over our great enemy. Someone said it well when they said, we have a great enemy in Satan but we have a greater ally in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I have heard the, the story from a missionary that came here from Africa. He was the son of a, 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 a an occult uh, leader in Africa in his particular tribe. He was the witch doctor, and he dabbled in all of the black arts, and he was grooming his son, to be just like he was, and to take his place uh as one of those practitioners of uh, of uh, all all of the the dark arts the occult in his tribe to be the next witch doctor, and this young man was totally blinded to that that realm he thought that's where the power was, but one day he heard the gospel preached by a missionary. And when he heard the gospel preached, he found that there was a greater power than the power he was tapping into. (laughs) And God set him free, opened his blind eyes, saved his darkened, sin-darkened soul, set him free from Satan's prison house of bondage, and sent him to preach to his own people the gospel of Jesus Christ. What a testimony, what a witness to the power and the triumph of the cross, hallelujah. And when he came here to share his testimony and, and, and actually ask for prayerful support and monetary support, as he became a missionary to his own people to bring the gospel to them. He said, inevitably, He would be in a Christian gathering sharing his testimony and people would come up to him afterwards and their eyes were wide and they were intrigued that he was so deep into the occult and they said, don't don't, don't devils come and, 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 and torment you and, and target you and, and try to hurt you and harm you. And they wanted to hear of some intimidating experience he had with all of those demons that he used to invite into his life and into his mind and that he used to court and consort with. They, they were intrigued that he was so deep into the occult and they would ask him over and over again a similar question. The devil must be so mad that you left that realm. And now because you were so deep in it, aren't you constantly uh, embattled with demons and devils? And he said, I looked back at them and I always gave them the same answer concerning demonic forces once you become a Christian. And he said, I answered them in one sentence. Flies don't land. On a hot stove. (laughs) Hallelujah. What a theological truth. We're talking about that very thing right here. Hallelujah. If we stay on fire for God, if we bow to no other gods, if we don't open the door and give the devil a loaded gun, I want you to know something. He can't bust the door down and he can't do you no harm. Hallelujah. They used to sing that in the mission fields, a song that came out of the islands. No harm, no harm, no harm. No harm, no harm, no harm. No harm, no harm, no harm. No, No, the devil can't do me no harm. They used to sing that other song from the islands that said, Light the candle, keep out the devil. Light the candle, leave the devil in the night. Light the candle, keep out the devil. Light the candle, everything all right shut the door. Keep out the devil. Shut the door. We've got a door that we can shut to our mind, to our heart, and to our life. There's a door that can be opened, and there's a door that can be shut and when we shut the door by opening the door to Jesus Christ, we shut the door on the enemy of our soul. Hallelujah. And when we do, he can beat, he can knock, he can tempt, but he cannot tear down. Hallelujah. That barrier that the cross has set up between us and his intentions. The thief came, Christ said, to steal kill, and destroy. But I've come to give you life, and I've come to give it to you more abundantly. I want to submit to you today, friend, there's victory for you. It doesn't matter how deep into the occult you've been, how deep into sin, and how many habits have wrapped the chains like a serpent squeezing the life out of you. Oh, friend, there's victory, whether it be crack cocaine, whether it be heroin, whether it be pornography. It doesn't matter what it is. There's victory in Jesus Christ because the cross is where that victory was won. And He triumphed over all those powers in His cross. He triumphed over the enemy and all of the minions of hell in His cross. And there's victory for you today. And there's victory for me today. And if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, and you want to know Jesus as your Savior, you can come to Him today. This can be the day. This can be the moment. This can be the hour when the chains have to break, when the serpent, head who was already crushed at Calvary, has to uncoil and let you go free. And God has provided to keep you free in the name of Jesus Christ today. In fact, the Bible said in John eight thirty and 31, if you continue in my word, you'll know the truth. This truth that we're bringing you right now and more truth just like it. And that truth will set you free. Come to Jesus today. Confess your sins and repent of them. And God's victory will be given to you in the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Oh friend, our time is gone today. Would you come back next week and let's talk about Jesus.